That's rock and roll, baby. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Cryptosis. And I have a new album called Bionic Swarm, which released on March 26th via Century Media Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Frank to share some more information about this stellar release, as well as all the questions that I have about this little subtitle where it says that Frank plays the Mellotron. So, Frank, welcome to the show. Cool, thanks. Absolutely great to have you on. How is life in your corner of the world? You're in Netherlands, correct? Uh, yes, correct. So um, we are in a COVID evening curfew lockdown. Uh, we just had, uh, I think, yesterday uh, elections for a new political system. So, you know, things are changing, but still, you know, it's not uh, that great, actually. Well, that's... Not good to hear. I, I guess on the political front, are things getting better or the results aren't in yet? Uh, the results getting uh, in right now, but it looks like it's, you know, it's uh, getting, uh, you know, the same as it was before. So <laughs> <laughs> not much change. Good. Democracy is at work again. Um, I absolutely love your your sweater, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, it's not uh, metal, maybe, as uh, the music, but uh, who cares, you know? I guess so, yeah. What would what would a more metal sweater be? Yeah, I think, you know, black with uh, a print, you know, that's uh, dripping blood or <laughs> whatever, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. Actually, have you seen uh, somebody made, they're either t-shirts or they're sweaters or both, but it's an HM2 pedal on either the sweater or the uh, or the shirt, so that would be pretty metal. You could have an H a Boss HM2 pedal, life size. Yeah, life size Boss HM <laughs> HM2 pedal. Um, which kind of actually brings me to an interesting question: Did you guys record with anything unique like that, like uh, a particular pedal or set of pedals? Yeah, uh, actually, um, I recorded a few bass lines um, with the HM2 um, pedal as well uh, for bass. So uh, I think it's pretty unique and um, it's definitely only on, on a few spots, you know, on the album. But um, uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, like you mentioned, Mellotron, we use that uh, a lot this uh, for this album. So, yeah, I think we did uh, a, a few of those uh, things, yes. Okay, so many, so many in-depth, incredible questions, Frank. Uh, number one, the Boss HM2. Do you guys have one? Did the studio have one? How did that come up? How did that happen? No, the studio uh, they had one, uh, and they, you know, like we were pretty open to exploring and experimenting with some sounds, and uh, so these guys said, "Yeah, I got an HM2. Maybe we can, you know, like uh, do a few touches here and there for guitars." And you know, I don't think for guitar in our sound it, you know, works out so well. But they said, like, "Yeah, you know, I got a few parts that that, that has got like really melodic guitar part, but." You know, maybe we should try it on, on bass and, you know, see see what happens. And it, it turned out to be uh, very great. And, you know, you, you, you can't really clearly hear it in the mix. But, you know, if you know how it sounds, then, you know, like you definitely hear it. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit hidden in the mix, but it's it's definitely there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, traditionally, that would be done by, I don't know, like a rat pedal or something, right? Uh, yeah. Some some other kind of distortion pedal. Um, yep. but with that one specifically, it sounded like you guys were, were going for something. Um, 
which is cool. Did you run it into the amp, or did, is it a separate signal from the amp? No, I, f I think, um, you know, I used it with a Rickenbacker bass uh, into a, a Ibanez Tube Screamer pedal, and then that one went into a Boss HM2, and that one went into the orange amp with a little bit of distortion there as well. So it was pretty, um, you know, uh, overdrive and uh, pretty over-the-top. Mm-hmm. There's quite the, quite the chain there. A very uh, yeah. guitar-centric uh, chain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching the music video right now, and there you are with your Rickenbacker. Actually, it's an interesting question. Not exactly um, a metal bass guitar, or at least not one I think of one. I could be wrong. Um, but what's the decision into doing a Rickenbacker? What do you like about it? Well, I, I used to play uh, for many years with a Gibson uh, Thunderbird bass. Maybe uh, you know that one. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it sounds, uh, you know, it sounds great. It has a, it has a lot of sub low. Um, but then, you know, like we are a band with just one guitar player. So th there's a lot of mid frequencies that isn't really there, you know, with that Gibson bass. And, you know, although I really love the, the way, you know, it's it's hanging around my neck and uh, and the way, you know, you, I, I play with it. But then, you know, I saw this uh, Rickenbacker bass uh, in a local music store and it was, uh, you know, price wise, pretty good. Uh, so I, I just thought, you know, like I have I had to have it. And, you know, I bought it, I experimented a little bit with that, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's great for our sound, and it, it has exactly that the frequencies that, you know, this Gibson bass is missing, the Rickenbacker has it, and so, yeah, for me, it's uh, definitely uh, the instrument go-to uh, for bass in this setup, and, you know, you say, like, it's not really metal, but, you know, Cliff Burton of Metallica uses uh, Rickenbacker uh, first couple of albums. Uh, Lemmy, you know, like, it doesn't get more metal than that, I think, you know? Very so, true. Very true. Yeah. I stand corrected, Frank. <clears throat> I stand very... Well, that's funny, too. Like, what, what exactly would be a metal bass? And I guess maybe for a while uh, everybody was using some kind of Ibanez bass, uh, you know, that looked a certain way, but <clears throat> how many recordings are using like a Fender P bass, for example? Um, yeah. you know, cool. yeah, I think it's, it, it, it definitely depends on the genre and the sound that you're aiming for, you know, like, uh, if, for example, Iron Maiden always uses like this Fender bass and it's, it's great for their sound, you know, but you know, in our setup, I think it, it won't make much sense. And, you know, also it's a, it's a taste, you know, like some people drive a Mercedes car, uh, you know, like some people drive a different brand and it's, it's all only, you know, about their taste. And I think it's uh, with a bass or a guitar or drums, you know, it's, it's exactly the same like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's something I just realized that you just pointed out, cause I didn't, I didn't recognize this before is you guys are a trio. Yep. And I don't get that, at least from the production on the record. I, it sounds like you guys are like a five-piece band. Yeah, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite welcome. So when you guys, you mentioned, you know, the sound of the bass in terms of mid-range, um, does your playing, like the parts that you play, is that considerably different as a result of being a trio? Yeah, definitely. You know, there's, there's more, more space so to speak, to fill and, um, you know, um, when you're with a band with two guitar players, it's, it's definitely, you know, like those two guitar players, they're trying to get the most attention, you know, in, in the in the band. And, you know, when you have only one guitar player, then there's more room for drums, more room for vocals, more room for, uh, you know, bass for different kinds of, uh, of instruments. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, something else you mentioned was the Mellotron. <clears throat> was it a real Mellotron or was it a plug-in? A, a pedal. Okay. So, uh, very cool. Um, how did you guys end up using that? What did you use? Was it like the boys' choir? Was it the three violins? What was it? No, um, <laughs> um, it's the orchestra setting, I think, that, that we're using the most. And for some parts, you know, we did some overdubs with, uh, with the choirs, yeah. Okay. Very so. cool. Um, you just have like a Mellotron kicking around the pedal? <clears throat> no, uh, um, when we were a different band before with the same guys, uh, we, we also were a trio, you know, and there was, there was a lot of problems we had with the, with the live sound, you know, like when there's a guitar solo, it sounds very thin. So that's, you know, at a, one moment I just, uh, you know, bought this uh, Rickenbacker bass, you know, it, it was a bit better, but still it wasn't really doing the job and then you know i found out about uh, a lot of you know i was just researching a lot of things you know and I, I saw a lot of videos about rush and i saw that they were using like many synthesizers with bass and mm-hmm. and singing you know like getty lee is a really a master you know at doing all these different things at one time and you know that they got me thinking like you know there should be a pedal that just emulates a different <laughs> sound and then then just guitar or bass or you know a delay or overdrive whatever and then I found out about this company called Electro Harmonics, and they have like so many great pedals, you know, and 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 they sound really good, and they're like really different from each other. And you now I was just checking out some videos, and then I I found this Mellotron, and I was just like blown away. Like you know, I thought like, wow, this can really uh, upgrade our sound. And the first time I brought it to the rehearsal space, the other guys, you know, they were really uh, impressed by by what it did to our sound. So. From that moment, it just became, uh, uh, you know, like center point in our uh, in our development and sound of this uh, band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also the, the yeah. I think it's also the reason why eventually we changed our band name, you know, to this um, to Cryptosis. And so yeah, it, it was a pretty big development um, within our camp, you know. Yeah. So you mentioned you changed the name. Was it like a big style change as well? Like was how did how did that happen? Well, we, we used to play like typical 80s trash metal music, you know, and, um, and and at the time, you know, that was great. But, you know, we got a little bit bored with that and, you know, we, we couldn't find spaces to put our own, you know, inspiration in there. And so we just wrote a new album and we just said like, you know, we're going to let loose of every boundary of genre, you know, or rule or whatever. And we're just going to play music that we, that we love. And... Um, so we did that and you know during the course of the the songwriting you know we just said like yeah maybe we should change our band name you know because this is going to sound totally different than what we did before and of course there's some dna of the of the band that we had in the past you know but uh i think um this will open only you know this will only open up new opportunities and 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 ways you know of writing new stuff that's even more uh you know different than what we did before so I think it's a, it was a good development and it was a bit of a gamble, but you know, for us it turned out uh, pretty well because we finished this album, we we thought about the name change, then you know we just sent sent out some demos to uh, to some record labels and I think straight away we got in contact with Century Media and, and they really liked our ideas and our creative vision behind it and so you know I think it was a good move in, in the end. Mm-hmm. I agree. <clears throat> now take us through, if you don't mind, because this appears to be, sorry, I have something 
something in my eye, and I'm trying to carry on without disturbing the interview. Um, so don't mind, don't mind me looking like this. I still, yeah. like, I still like you. Um, it looks like a concept album of some sort. Last time I looked at the screen, it said, "Okay, there we go, twenty one forty nine. So take us through this bionic swarm in the year twenty one forty nine. What is what is it? What's going on? What's happening? Is this a concept album, Frank? It's definitely a concept album, and yeah, it deals with um, basically it's like uh, every song is a story uh, seen through the eyes of a different person living in the year. So, you know, one story, for example, is about uh, a hospital that is like 100% completely um, without, you know, people. Uh, you know, you, you get surgery with a, you know, with, a, with a computer and a machine and everything is really, you know, like that. And then, but then there is also a counter movement and, you know, they try to hack into that system and they get a bloody mess, you know. So that, for example, that's one, you know, subject, but there, there's also a different subject. And that's, for example, the song uh, Decipher. It's really like technology talking about, you know, how they are like uh, superior to humans, uh, like, you know, the way we see uh, cattle, you know, and the way we treat animals. And so every every song is, is like based around technology and sci-fi themed uh things that we think could be possible. I see. <clears throat> and I'm watching, you guys are pretty busy here. You have a music video for four songs, at least at the time of recording this interview. And I'm watching one of them right now for, uh, <clears throat> for Decipher, since you'd mentioned that. Um, how did you guys end up making all these music videos? Was it just, or, yeah, I guess that's my question, because with the pandemic going on and curfews and all those things, how did you guys end up having time to, to do all this? Well, it was always a dream for us, you know, uh, to do uh, many music videos for an album. And uh, the, the basic idea was to do a, a music video for every song on the album. But, you know, financially, there was, a, you know, a step too far. And um, so, you know, we ended up with a, with a, a good friend of us who is really a, a good filmmaker. And, um, you know, like we had, we had many ideas and Century Media gave us some budget uh, so we can, you know, we, we could actually make the make our dreams uh, possible you know like we for example the video you're watching now with uh, decipher it's a 3d animations and that's something you know that's really expensive but it was something that we always wanted to do you know and we always were assigned to smaller independent labels and you know they don't have the means and the budget to to do something like that and with, with all due respect of course but um, you know now we we got this opportunity and we just wanted to to make the most out of it yeah, I guess take us through that because that almost sounds like the dream for a lot of bands that may be listening in right now is uh, creating something, getting signed to a label, and then they give some kind of financial backing to to help you. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm speculating there wasn't much <clears throat> to sh – how much was there to show them, I guess, when you were shopping around for labels? Was there like a big – social media following did you guys have a lot of record sales did you guys what did you guys have to show them where they were confident in giving you that backing well basically we uh we just uh, said to our manager to our manager who is pretty well known here in the european metal uh scene we just said like okay this is our new album it's completely mixed 
and just send it to uh, your contacts but please don't do not mention our previous band just say this is a new band and you know this is a new record and just let us know what you think uh, so we are basically signed you know uh, under those circumstances and we didn't really you know had like uh, uh, yeah things to show besides besides the music uh, and we also didn't we even didn't have uh, artwork for the front cover. It was made later. Um, it, w it was really bizarre, you know, like um, it was a pandemic and we only heard like stories, people, you know, saying like, yeah, uh, companies going bankrupt, stuff like that. And, um, you know, we were talking about a, a contract for this album uh, and we even didn't have a band name at the time. You know, we just said like, yeah, we're going to release it with a new band name, but that's it. And then, you know, we had a contract with the Century Media logo, but still, you know, there was no band name. So we, we had to come up with it. Um, so th there was a really uh, hectic hectic uh, time for us uh, uh, and really, you know, like, uh, yeah, turn the storm in our lives because we had to arrange so, so many things, you know, behind the scenes. Like we are a registered company in the Netherlands, so we had to change change all this stuff, you know, with the legal firm and, and, and whatsoever. So, so it was, uh, it was really, uh, yeah, it was really crazy uh, for us. And we also didn't, you know, we, we didn't expect to, to be signed by a label with such a, you know, with such a, um, you know, with, with such a big name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, what do you call it? Let's call it a, su a success story. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, and it's it's really uh, it's really great that they that they you know like have so many confidence in 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 the music that they just want you know want to release it uh, and 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 try to you know like try to you know for them it's a big gamble too you know because mm -hmm. nobody ever heard about our band name before. Yeah, well, I mean that's happening a lot in the last year and a half almost at this point. Uh, pandemic's been going on for a year now as of recording, so I shouldn't say a year and a half, but um, a lot of projects are coming up out of nowhere with absolutely no trace of a history because there can't be, Yeah, you know, but a lot of labels are taking chances now. So it's, it's interesting to see what's going to come of, I guess, the music industry landscape from here forward. Yeah, but you know, of course, they make a lot of more money, you know, a lot more money when they sign a band that has already a name out there. You know, like when you put on a poster, uh, people uh, instantly buy their records because you know they think it's a great band. And for mm -hmm. us, it's just like people have to listen to the music first and then maybe decide to buy a vinyl record. You know, so it's uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's really great that they, that they you know dare to do this. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, sir, we chatted about. Boss HM2 pedals. We chatted about the Mellotron pedal. We chatted about Getty Lee, which, you know, as a fellow Canadian, I think he does Rickenbacker basses as well. Definitely. Yep. Um, very, also, uh, given the time frame and the kind of band they were, very mid-range forward tone for bass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we chatted about Rickenbacker basses. My goodness gracious, we chatted about music videos. We chatted about the future and how dark it is with counter-movements and forward-movements. Um, chatted about the album Bionic Swarm. We chatted about you guys getting uh, signed to Century Media and the process a bit behind that. My goodness gracious, I think we chatted about everything. Frank, is there anything I missed? Uh, our album is out March 26th, next Friday. Mm -hmm. That's correct. So that, that's, uh, that's an important for us. That's a really important date, you know. Uh, then, you know, it's, everything is out. You can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, 
and you know beautiful we're going to do a live we're going to do a live stream concert that maybe that's uh, that's one thing that's really nice uh in april 24th we're going to do a live stream concert uh with uh you know we're going to play the album from front to back and really made it make it like uh an, an experience you know uh and totally different than just you know uh drums and guitars on stage and you know like most concerts are also most live streams are these days so we're going to try something really special about it okay very cool well frank thank you so much for coming on to the rock metal podcast today thanks for having me and uh, have a good day Hello, hello, or should I say goodbye, goodbye? Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Metal Podcast. I've been your host, John Harris. Please head over to our website at www.therockmetalpodcast.ca. There you can sign up for our newsletter and find out more information about today's show.